As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 podcast. Uh, I'm Max Olson. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Kersey and our new colleague, Sam Con Jr. Hello, fellas. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm good. Sam, you've been on the road again. Where you been? I went to DFW, went and stopped in and visited Gary Patterson and, and TCU. And then that was on Tuesday. And Wednesday, I went to go see SMU and Sunny Dykes and uh, nice. their staff so uh been a busy week so far just got back last night and woke up and came on podcast with you guys you know max i don't really think sam is a new colleague anymore it feels like he's been here forever you know that's true <laughs> that's very nice of you to say what do you, what's going on jason oh man uh you know spring football is over a little time to relax a little bit but we're about to hit this recruiting stretch i think this june is going to be absolutely insane recruiting wise and oh yeah um, and o- OU is an interesting team. There's still a lot to talk and write about. Yeah, I saw. You see, ESPN had them preseason or their their post spring number one. I mean, the hype <laughs> yeah. train is rolling away now. <laughs> that that surprised Spencer me Rattler, number one overall pick, which I've been saying for a while, but now everyone yeah. seems to be saying that. You know, that part doesn't surprise me. But them number one, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that's that's a bold pick. Who yeah. who was that? Who who did that for ESPN? I don't know who did. Was Sam, it Schleybaugh? Do you, do you who put that? Schleybaugh. Schleybaugh. Yeah. I mean, he's hey. a believer. <laughs> and that guy that guy knows the dogs too. So I would have thought he'd put the dogs number one. But a lot a lot of hype on these Sooners, man. That's gonna be a fun fun team to cover. This is the year. This is the year for them. This is the most complete team yep. they've had in since Lincoln's been head coach, certainly, and maybe in ten or. 10 or 12 years, really that, I mean, if they're ever going to make a run at it, this is the year to do it. Now they still got to win a one playoff game though, before we can win a one. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, today uh, we are are talking about transfers, the big T everyone's talking about transfers these days because it's everywhere. Uh, Can't escape it. (laughs) Absolutely can't. So Jason, well done. Well, Jason, tell, tell us how do you, how do you feel about transfers? What's your opinion on it? <laughs> I love the Always Sunny thing, and I especially love it because I just watched that episode a few days ago. So right when you started saying, right when you started saying the big T, I knew the exactly where you were going with that. That's excellent, excellent job, Max. That's, that's, that's what that's are my really thoughts on it? Yeah, it it's is. Max Big Break right there. That's a, that's a great one. It's a great one. It's a great one. Um, but what do I think about it? I think it's changed everything in the sport that we cover. That's what I think about it. Yeah. Sam, I like the way that you put this um, the other day in, in sharing your uh, your Texas Tech state of the program, the, the, the difference between the draft and free agency now in college football. Yeah, I, I liken the draft is high school recruiting. It's you go get your four stars and your five stars and three stars. And that's your draft, your developmental guys. Some of them may be instant impact, but a lot of them will be developmental. And the transfer portal is now your free agency. If you're TCU, you lost TJ Stormont. 
he went to Texas Tech. So you went into the free agency, a.k.a. the transfer portal, and you went and got Obina Easy from Memphis, and he's now your left tackle. So that this is a new way to build a roster. It's no more – we're not building teams for four and five years anymore. We're building rosters for one to two years because of the turnover. And now with the one-time transfer rule, that's going to be a year-to-year thing that you're going to have to remake your roster and figure it out. Now, not everybody's going to need it this yeah. way, Alabama – Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, they're probably still going to be able to get most of their players out but, of But they're in the market recruiting. right now, too. I mean, Alabama just took a wide receiver from Ohio State. Clemson has, you know, never taken transfers under Dabo and is is now going to have to be open to doing that because they need a backup quarterback. I mean, Ohio State is is trying to get Henry to Oto. So, like, it, you know, it's everybody has to, you know, chase it now. And, and, and you know, Easy is a great point that you mentioned because – I, there's probably some coaches who would say, like I remember talking with Cliff Kingsbury a few years ago um, when he was still at Texas Tech about, you know, he, they had connections to Joe Burrow, and he said, and and I asked him, you know, why didn't you you make the move there? Um, and he said, you know, well, I wanted to be loyal to the guys we've got, you know, and and I and nowadays, and 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 you know, y- unfortunately, you can't really do that nowadays. Like TCU has young offensive tackles, but you know what? When a six eight three hundred fifteen uh, left tackle who has multi years starting experience goes on the market and wants to come to your school. You're going to take them, you know, and and you got to make your you got to make your team better however you can. Absolutely, and the thing is, is people are decrying this, and this is oh, this is the sky is falling. I don't think it's that bad of a deal. No. I like that the kids have options; they can move around, and it fills a need. If you're a team that has a need, and again, those big programs you talked about, okay, those are like specific needs. Then you have a team like Texas Tech who they have a lot of needs. And so they have gone in the last two years and really hammered it because they were very young and he was trying to get them older. Dana Holgerson at Houston has done the same thing. They, they're, they, those, those types of schools that are either in the group of five or not in the top 20, 25 of the power five, those are the ones I think you're going to see have a larger percentage of guys coming out of the portal every year. Matt, you know, Matt Wells' staff has done it every year there. And, like, they just had, you know, Zach McPherson just turned into a day-two pick. That's a kid they took from Penn State in their first year. Um, you know, it, I, to me, part of this, and this is probably a little too ambitious to say, but you look at the Big 12 and their place in the in the playoff world, and obviously the playoff world's, you know, potentially about to change in the next few years here. But, I mean, Jason, don't you think this can be a, a way, if you're not Texas and Oklahoma – this can be a way to, to, to catch up on the talent gap and at least put you in position to, you know, potentially, you know, go play for a big 12 title. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think there's no doubt about it, but I also think that, you know, I love the analogy of, like you said, like, like Sam said that the, the NFL draft versus free agency, because look at what o- Oklahoma has done. And that's one of the teams we're not even talking about here, but they brought in, three guys from Tennessee who will, who could all be starters, two of which who I think definitely will be starters. And then key Lawrence could also be a starter. And um, so they are looking at it very much from the, let's build this one team right now and try to go win it. Cause those three guys, you know, could be the difference between OU actually competing for the national title and, and, you know, flaming out in the first round again or whatever, but, but totally, it can totally be a game changer. I mean, I think Tyler Shuck at Texas tech, is a good example of that. This was a good quarterback at Oregon who yep. now is going to Texas Won a Pac-12 Tech. title last year. Yeah. yeah. It's a great point. Let's start with Oklahoma. So the reason we're talking about this today is, is we just did, my, myself and Bruce Feldman, we did uh, a, a post this week on The Athletic uh, in case anybody missed it, uh, ranking the top 50 transfers uh, for 2021 just based on uh, who's going to be the most impactful this fall. Now that'll be, it's kind of a live list. We'll, we'll keep updating it as more guys go in the portal. And with the July 1 deadline, I think there are going to be a lot more guys to go in here over the next two months. It, it could get pretty crazy here. Um, but we did the top 50. You know, it's kind of a hard thing to, to, to actually rank players from 1 to 50 in terms of the impact. But in talking with college coaches, both, both coaches of, of these players now and, and, and the previous coaches and stuff, um, the guy that ended up being number one on the list, we, we thought we'd end up putting a quarterback at the top, but the guy that ended up being number one was actually Eric Gray, uh, the running back who transferred from uh, Tennessee to Oklahoma. And 
you know, the the praise on Eric Gray was it's the same stuff you heard all spring, Jason. That that the, the buzz is real with this guy. He is really, you know, he he's he's technically kind of an all purpose back, but man, he can do he can do everything. I, I, I'm guessing you weren't surprised to see him, you know, get that kind of hype. No. And then I got to see him in the spring game and I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's legit. This is a dude. I mean, he, he got hype all spring. Um, I, I think one thing that is sort of inside baseball maybe, but mm-hmm. the fact that Lincoln Riley let us let the media talk to Eric Gray, not once, but twice that says that this is a guy that they not only uh, expect to play, but it, you know, is someone that he trusts. I mean, they never let right. newcomers talk <laughs> in the spring, especially. So, um, but yeah, he's, he is going to be a, a really great and really interesting chess piece for Lincoln Riley to play with. Cause he can do things with him, you know, maybe um, similar to like a Joe Mixon or a Rodney Anderson sort of guy that can catch a lot of passes as well. I mean, those are the two guys that sort of come to mind when you think about all purpose backs that Lincoln has had. Um, but the crazy thing is they have, OU has back a two-time thousand-yard rusher. Yeah. He just opted out last year, and all of a sudden, he's not the he's not the guy in the running back room anymore. Now, their running back depth is not great. That's one thing sure. I have to say, especially after uh, a certain running back um, may or may not have committed an armed robbery and is uh, about to be kicked off the team. But uh, but when you look at the the running back room now, they don't have much depth there. And Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks are going to be the two guys. And I think right now between those two, Eric Gray's the better running back. Yeah, that the that's part of it for Eric Gray is is the opportunity here because Ramondre Stevenson goes off to the draft um, and gets selected. T.J. Pledger, who got his chances last year, uh, he he did and and didn't do a ton with them. Goes off to Utah uh, to try. I mean, he and, try rushed and have for a hundred yards twice. He TJ did. did rush for hundred yards twice. He did. But. Um, but but the difference when Stevenson came back was was very noticeable. No um, and then and then as you alluded to, Seth McGowan uh, now in the portal. That guy is not coming back. So Eric Gray steps in at, at kind of a perfect time to to get the ball a lot in this offense. And I and I just think um, he can do it all. You know, he 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 has from the folks we talked to. Good hands, runs crisp routes, uh, really good short area quickness and elusiveness. It, he's not quite like Joe Mixon level athlete, and he's not quite like the the explosive runner um, that Oklahoma's had. But man, he can kind of do everything else. And and as you said, enough leadership there that they trust him. So he's high up on that list. And then and then for Oklahoma, you know that I, I give a lot of credit to Lincoln Riley for saving spots because that's what you have to do these days. You only have so much room to do this. The fact that he saved spots to, you know, we didn't have Mike Woods on our list, but that to when you lose a Trajan Bridges to say, all right, let's go get a starting receiver from the SEC to plug right. into that spot uh, is a big one. And then, and then certainly, as you mentioned, Jason, um, you know, Wanye Morris and, and, and Key Lawrence, the coaches we talked to weren't quite as high on those guys. I think Wanye Morris, very, very talented two-year starter right away in the SEC if he, if he can kind of get his focus right and, and really listen to Biedenboe and, and really kind of take it to the next level, definitely could be an elite tackle. Um, but I'm curious what you think of just how how those additions sort of shape this team. Well, you know, Lincoln Riley called out the receivers at the beginning of spring because they, I mean, their OU receivers were not great last year. Marvin Mims had a big year. Theo Weiss put up some good numbers. They dropped a lot of passes last year, yeah. including two touchdowns. I think they dropped two touchdowns in the Iowa state loss. So, sure. I mean, those, the receivers were not great last year. So, uh, but the Mike Woods thing and, is and a perfect. Charleston Rambo's gone, who ended up real Charleston. high on this list because they think he's going to be the number one receiver at Miami. There's a lot of hype around him and, and hopefully he can it's, get his career back on track. It's kind of weird that that never worked out for him at OU. Cause he had some really big flashes, but yeah. the Mike Woods thing to me is, is indicative of this whole conversation. I mean, this guy catches a touchdown in Arkansas spring game and five days later, has transferred to Oklahoma. Like, I think that's the perfect sign that this stuff is never over. This stuff is never over. Um, I guess it could be over July 1st or whatever, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you, you know, everyone has needs. You don't know when they're going to pop up necessarily, but um, I I remember talking with Lincoln a couple of years ago about the portal and, and certainly they checked it every day and all that. But his take on it at the time, you know, early on when this was starting to blow up was like, look, there's a reason why a lot of these kids are in the portal. When you really kind of narrow it down to the kids you'd be willing to take, 
it's kind of a small number. I think that's changed a little bit now, just in terms of the supply of, of good players that are uh, out there. And, and certainly, you know, Oklahoma has has done a good job of, of, uh, of striking. Now, Sam, Texas has done a lot portal wise. Texas, Texas is bringing in a lot of guys. Sarka, same as, as Lincoln Riley, uh, has saved a lot of room to, to fill up on, on their issues and their issues are very obvious. They've, they've got a problem at linebacker and they've got a problem, uh, at, in, in terms of pass rushers. So what do you think of the moves they've made? I think it speaks to the lack of depth, in particular, the linebacker spot. Yeah. It speaks to the lack of depth that they have. Uh, you know, after Jawan Mitchell you know, left and hit the transfer portal, he ended up at Tennessee. Uh, that was their best linebacker that was returning inside. And so they need some guys. So they went and took Devin Richardson from New Mexico State, and they took Ben Davis from Alabama. And I think uh, I was talking to Buddy over at Alabama the other day, and he didn't see he didn't see the field very much over at Alabama. So no. Uh, certainly Sark has some familiarity with them. I mean, that, that helps, but if he wasn't seeing the field there, certainly it, it makes you wonder how, how desperate they are at that position. Certainly. And there were some guys, you know, David, and I don't Benda, think they're done you know, there too. Spring. I think they're going to try and oh. take Gautiote from USC as well, which is a little bit more. T- he made our top 50. That's a little bit more of a touted get, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The, between Ben Davis and Alabama and then, the guys they've taken at pass rusher from LSU and Notre Dame are guys that weren't getting on the field there. Yeah. And, and then the other spot I look and it's not on defense, but I mean, they took Xavier worthy the, and that's a really good guy that you're taking. Yeah. You're taking a legitimate four-star nationally ranked wide receiver, but that also speaks to me. Something that I think is lacking is speed at the receiver position. They, they do not have a bunch of game because Josh Moore is fast guy and, and he's a guy that can stretch defense, but Beyond him, I don't think there's anybody in that passing game that will stretch a defense or scare a defense. And Xavier Worthy is a you know 10, 4, 10, 500 meter guy, so he, he could be that guy for them. Uh, they, they this tells me they have a lot of needs, and I don't like you said, Sark's not done yet, so this speaks to where the roster is and, and what they need. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I I probably botched that uh, pronunciation of the linebacker from USC, but he's he's a pretty good one, one of the best available out there, and, and I think Texas and seems like they're in good shape there. But it it, it tells you, I mean, I, it's funny you see people put Texas in preseason top fifteens, top twenties, and stuff like that. I, we all sort of ugh, I, I don't know. I don't about know. That. I don't know about that. I I'm serious. I agree. I, I I wouldn't at this point in time, and I'm not saying Texas can't get really good under Sark um, in 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 2021, but. I'm a little more wait and see on them as as the you know supposed number three team in the Big Twelve right now because there's just still not it's not just the unresolved quarterback battle but there's just a lot of position groups where you're really interested to see how does this new staff attack it. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of question marks going into the summer. That like you said, they've they've got to shore up some of these spots, and they've got some guys coming back that have played and that have played well. But I just yeah, I don't see them as a preseason top fifteen at this point. This nothing. On that up and down that roster screams that to me at this point. Now, could they get there? Certainly they could. But also the way they looked in the spring game, and I realize that's a mixed up team. You know, you don't have yeah. your same guys playing with each other, but it left a little to be desired. There, there were, you know, like Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, they they had some good moments and they had some moments that were like, like they've got some growing to do. So uh it's it's very much a work in progress for Sark. And let's let's not forget. There's two reasons why a new coach comes in. It's either one, because one succeeded so well, he got a better job, or two, because the other one got fired and the Sark's coming into the latter circumstances. So that means there's work to be done. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, 
in terms of, of just the Big 12 attacking the portal, I, I we mentioned this, Sam, but I think, um, you know, I think Texas Tech is is kind of, you know, a model of, of how to get after it. This is something that this staff has done for three years. Now, some people can look at that and say, you know, that generally you want to build your you, to build a program, you want to build it off high school kids, but it's hard to get kids to Lubbock. That's just bottom line. And so um, they have, you know, we have, we have one Texas Tech player on this top 50. That's Tyler Shuck. Um, but I've heard good things about a bunch of them. TJ Stormont, I think it steps in as a starter. Um, they just added, officially added Reggie Pearson from Wisconsin. I think uh, Marquise Waters from Duke. I, you know, very promising additions here. What, what was your sense from talking to their staff and doing State of the Program about um, just just what they've brought in and kind of where they're at roster wise. Yeah, they've brought in 21 transfers over the time that Matt Wells has come in. That's a lot. So that's and a big number. It, it, it is. And the last two classes have brought in about seven, eight apiece. Uh, and they're not done. They will, they will add more. But sure. th- certainly the impact guys, you mentioned Chuck, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't the day one starter uh, at quarterback. Uh, he looked really good. He's got a phenomenal amount of talent. I mean, the kid can make every throw. Uh, he's impressive, impressive physical talent. TJ Stormont, you would expect him to come in and start right away and shore up that left tackle spot. That gives him flexibility across the offensive line. And, uh, you know, Stormont had a good season last year. So, I mean, they he was an all Big 12 caliber guy. So that's a really good side. And the one that gave that I heard the most buzz about while I was in Lubbock was Marquise Waters. Yeah. That they think Marquise is going to come in and be an all Big 12 guy right away, an impact guy in that secondary. And then you mentioned Pearson, who they got from Wisconsin, who Pearson had a really good season in 2019, you know, before, you know, not playing last year. So I think, uh, you know, Pearson could compete for a starting spot. Waters is going to plug and play. Now, and Waters has the flexibility. To he can play corner, he can play safety, he can play nickel. So you can put him in any of those spots. And then you combine that with the experience they've got around the defense. They've got Demarcus Fields is back, you know, and then they've got in the linebacker room, they've got all top six of their guys in the two deep and linebacker, Colin Schooler's back, Rico Jeffers. I mean, they've got a ton of experience. Schooler's another guy. He was a transfer from last year. Tyree Wilson up front, transfer from last year. These these yeah. are all guys, all these guys at Texas Tech are taking. These are guys that are starting. These are not guys that come in and they flame out and they go. No, these are all guys that are contributing or playing in a major part of the team so far. And then the number of super seniors they have, it, it makes you think, all right, this is they're, they're kind of in a place where this thing should start to turn. You know. This is the year. I mean, this really is the year. If Texas Tech's going to make a big leap under Matt Wells, this is the year to do it. They've got 10, 11 of those super seniors. You, The, the one thing, the funny thing is, I said this in the state of the program, it's strange to me that you go into a season feeling better about Texas Tech's defense than you do about their offense. Yeah. They've got a ton of talent back. They took a step forward on defense last year in conference play. They went from the 10th in the league in yards per play defensively in conference play to fourth or fifth, I think it was. And – so you bring all those guys back. So you feel really good about that. Offensively, you bring Sonny Cumbie in. So I think you feel good about Sonny because Sonny's a proven guy. He's from Texas Tech. He knows, you know, knows how to do offensive football. But the questions are, is Eric Ezekama going to be ready for the opener? Is Sir Roderick Thompson going to be ready for the opener? You know, what are we going to see from Tyler Shuck? Is he going to be consistent or is there going to be some inconsistency like we saw at the end of the season last year at Oregon? Uh, those are all questions that have to be answered uh, before they hit the field in, in September against Houston. Yeah. Now we mentioned a bit of easy at, at TCU. That's, that's another guy in our top 50. It's a big addition. And, and, and I'll also mention, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the Memphis connection was for TCU, but to get him and to get TJ Carter, who, um, you know, it's not too often you find a four year starter at corner and, and say, all right, he'll play safety for us here at TCU. Um, what, what have you heard about that addition, Sam? If I, if I trust anybody to do that with a defensive back, Gary Patterson to do that. Yeah. You know, he could do and, it with a running back, and we'd say, yeah, that's that's going to work, you know? Right. No, but, I mean, they got Noah Daniels and Hodges Thomason back. So, they, they're, they're fine, and they were banged up a little bit this spring, but they'll be back. They'll be ready to go. So, they, they feel really good that they got two starting corners there. They, the safeties is where they need a spot because, you know, Trevor Merrick is gone or Darius Washington is gone. So, you got to plug plug somebody in there. But Carter's gotten Ray reviews actually visited with Gary Patterson on Tuesday, and you know, he said he was really impressed with how he's looked in the spring. Obina Easy, the, the offensive tackle, big guy, 6'8 guy, uh, really moves well, physical guy. So they, they, both of those guys are impact guys that are coming and play right away, and I think they feel like they can they can win with them, they can rely on them. Yeah. 
I, the another one I'll mention, um, and, and I'm sure when when you visit with Baylor, this one name came up uh, quite a bit, Sam. But uh, Apu Ika uh, from LSU, that guy is is a monster. Um, I, I know the LSU staff loved him when he came in. Um, that's a that's a big big nose. Um, who when LSU switched to a four three under Bo Pelini, that that kid said this ain't this ain't the fit for me. Um, <laughs> and it was, I mean, you saw their defense, and it, yeah, clearly didn't work. So he goes to Baylor and and gets to play nose. Um, it, just as we saw from Bravion Roy under Matt Rule or, or Ray Lima at Iowa State, I think he's going to wreck some games. I think he's the the hype on him. We put him really high on this list because uh, he could be one of the Big 12's best. Uh, defense alignment right away so so that's definitely one to keep an eye on um the other one the other team i wanted to mention is kansas state uh because they you know like texas tech they're kind of in an interesting position here in their rebuild they had a setback in in 2020 um in, in losing five in a row to end it um and they've you know they're they've come around on this that, that this is the way to do it and you even heard chris Klein. gene taylor said chris Kleiman's strategy going forward is eight to 10 transfers a year. What do, what do you guys think when you hear that uh, Kansas state trying to go for that many transfers a year? I mean, I think that's what you have to do when you're, when you're Kansas state in, in this big 12, like we were talking about uh, earlier. I just think that this is the way it is now. And especially for those schools that struggle to recruit the upper tier talent. I mean, this is, this is exactly what you have to do. I mean, you go get a, um, a guy like a Julius Brent from Iowa. I mean, that's a big addition for it, for a Kansas state uh, program. So I, I, I love it. And I, I, I will also say the other guy, and I know you haven't mentioned it yet, Max, but I also really like uh, Amos at Iowa state. I mean, he's a guy that goes right in is a multi-year starter at Villanova that, and they don't need much. Iowa state doesn't need much, but they needed that. Right. And they went and got it. So sorry to sort of veer the conversation there, but that's a guy I wanted to mention. No, yeah. no, you're right. No, for for the for where it's a great point for where Iowa State is at right now with bringing pretty much everybody back. Uh, if a guy like Jaquan Amos from Villanova can walk in the door and they think hey, this guy's got a chance to be a starter, then hey, that that's what this is all about to to save a couple spots just in case you can shore things up. And and I've heard really good things about him. They they think he has a chance to to be a starter there be really competitive. Um, and that's, you know, even, even one little addition can really kind of complete, complete the puzzle for you. Yeah. So K state, you mentioned it, Julius Brents have heard a lot of praise for him. Uh, he's a six, six, three, two Oh five corner, which I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how he hangs against these, these small fast big 12 receivers when you're that big of a dude. Um, but him, Timmy Horn from Charlotte at, at D tackle, I'm going to, I'm going to botch this, but uh, Josh Emator baby at tight end, <laughs> who uh has excuse me daniel his brother daniel um who's who's gone from florida to usc to illinois now to kansas state uh they're loving him um and so this is this is how it is now right it doesn't matter where our kid's been if he can if he can help you in a spot then uh then he's worth it you you said that name you didn't know how to pronounce with a ton of confidence so i'm just gonna go with that (laughs) the uh the thing that to, to your point max about taking those transfers is can't you talk about Kansas State? Where are they? They're in a similar position from a recruiting footprint standpoint as somebody like Texas Tech. It's not necessarily always the easiest to get there from, and they're 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 not Texas Tech is in a great recruiting state, whereas Kansas State not as fertile a recruiting footprint as Texas. So those again are the programs that are going to have to take those kind of guys. And the I think the thing that has gone unspoken in this a lot in the last year in this conversation is the impact of the dead period in high school recruiting just because, go there. Yeah. because you, you can, you cannot go see your quarterback throw live. You cannot go see your receiver or run routes or your DB cover live, but in the transfer portal, you can grade the, you know, the level of competition that that yeah. transfer is played against when you watch the college tape. And so you can trust that evaluation based on the level of competition that that trans, if that transfer played, you can grade that and you can trust that over trying to get a verified 40 time from a combine, a Nike combine from a high school kid and trying to get them to do a video pro day of the quarterback prospect that you're trying to. <laughs> it's right. a it's a fantastic point. And I was just going to go there because it, it is we are in a moment right now where taking the transfer is actually the the less risky thing to do, even if you only get it one year, two year, three years out of the player it's the less risky thing because you have actual game tape against FBS competition. 
And right now, I, I think you talk to coaches and there's a real nervousness about who are we taking out of high school right now? We we didn't get to see their senior film or they didn't play a senior year or whatever. Um, we didn't get them in camp. We didn't get to go through the rigid evaluation process that we want to go through. And I, and I, I know that's part of it for Lincoln Riley, right, Jason? That, look, we took the guys we have relationships with that we we, we feel good about uh, the number that, that they took. And they took fewer than 20. Um, but the, the more you take guys you're not sure about, especially I, I think the other kind of unsaid part of that is you're taking kids in the case of Oklahoma, Jason, who, who, you know, they had their little get together in the summer where a bunch of them came out to Norman, right. And ended up committing, but there's going to be, there's, you're taking some kids that have just never been in Norman and they may get there and say, wait a minute, this ain't for me. This, this is not what I thought the college experience was going to be like. There's just going to be, I think in this freshman class, and we've already seen it a, a bit, Sam with, uh, like Shadrick Banks at A&M, there's going to be some big-time kids who just say, you know, I didn't think this college decision through quite right because I couldn't go visit places. Don't you know? Do you, do you think that's part of it for Oklahoma? Just that, hey, we we want to get as good of players as we can get, but we don't want to take a bunch of kids that are just going to transfer. Well, I mean, out. I, I look at a guy like uh, OU signed a linebacker from from Portland, Nathan Ra- Nathan Rollins Kabange. Yep. He he is from Oregon, has never had never been to Norman, Oklahoma in his life. Signed with OU and spent the spring here. I it sounds like it went okay, but I mean, who knows? He is so far from home in a place he's never. But been. if it didn't know, if it didn't go okay, you would say, yeah, that kind of makes yeah. sense. That's a hard transition he, to make. He has no idea yeah. what he's getting. So into. I mean, in this year especially, yeah, Lincoln OU only took sixteen people in their signing class, and then brought in. I think now with Mike Woods, they're up to six FBS transfers. Um, because, like you said, you've got that tape. You can look at it. You can see what they got. Uh, as opposed to taking a risk on a guy, uh, a high school guy. So, I mean, that's, I've, I've always sort of wondered if we're ever going to get to a point in this new world, do you guys think that they'll start counting transfers in the recruiting rankings at some point? They need to, I, you know, I noticed two, four, seven has started putting a star ranking and an evaluation on the transfers in this lat, this most recent class. And I do think I had that conversation with Matt Wells when I was in Lubbock, because he said, we're ranked last in the Big 12 recruiting rankings because we only have 11 high school commits in our 2021 class. But I brought in eight transfers, and a lot of those guys, Tyler Shuck, Marquise Waters, TJ Stormers, are going to start. He yeah. goes, where do I get credit for that? Because those are guys that are part of our class, and they're they're impact players. That's that's one thing. Uh, you noticed that a couple of years ago doing State of the Program on, I think, on West Virginia, and you looked at their teams and you said, well, the recruiting rankings are here, but the recruiting rankings are wrong because they're taking the the David Sills of the world who become all Big 12 players, and you're not getting any credit for that you know, in your recruiting ranking when that kid came back to them from junior college or, or, or from, from transferring back. Like, the, there's a lot of examples of that. And I think Dan Holgerson was kind of ahead of his time a little bit, Sam, in terms of the way that he – you know, bluntly said, Hey, we, we can't win the big 12 with high schoolers in this region. Let's go get, <laughs> let's go go 50% transfers. Um, you know, I, I think that's, or I shouldn't say sells back. Will Greer would be the example of taking a transfer that suddenly made your program a lot better. You're not getting that any, any credit for that in your recruiting rankings. Um, yeah, I, I think that's got to change. Don't you think on, on 24 seven, I think, it's, I, I think it's a great point, Jason. I don't know how you do it, but I do think you need to do it. And well, I think you have to kind of do what they've done, which is you have to regrade those guys mm-hmm. because the you know the ninety five you know top one hundred recruit who flamed out at a place is is not worth the same you know when he goes back into the portal. Right. Absolutely. And and the thing is to to this point as we talk about taking percentages of transfers over high school guys, all of this is also a byproduct of this the pressure and short cycle that we're in when it term comes to coaching security. So yep. Matt Wells has taken a lot of transfers also because guess what? After two, four win seasons, he's on the hot seat in year they three. They need to get good. It yeah. used to be, it used to be that you were able to get the full recruiting class through, or at least close to it before they, your job was at stake. Now that's not really the case anymore. And the coaching salaries have gotten so high that the pressure is on to win. And when, so when coaches, when push comes to shove and you know, your job's on the line, are you going to take the risk on the high school kid? Are you going to take the risk on this transfer who played to FBS or Power Five football, who I know probably can play? Right, you know, right it's a it's a it's a it's a great point, and and it's worth pointing out. This is not how Matt Campbell built Iowa State. You know, they 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 said we're going to go high school guys. We know what we're doing. We're going to develop them to four or five year you know four or five year guys. 
they didn't panic and rush to take a ton of transfers to, to make them look better than they really were. And so that's, you know, Matt rule, you know, built up Baylor. He, he took some really good transfers at the start of his, his, his program there. And that made a big difference, but it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I, and, and it'll be curious to see, you know, do you guys think Lance Leipold takes that approach with Kansas? I think he's going to have, that's going to be fascinating to watch. I think, I think he's yeah. going to have to, right. I mean, I can't believe they haven't been taking transfers. <laughs> ridiculous. Well, the, and they're going to end up having so much attrition this off season that I think you probably, you have to do it just to have, have starter level players. Yeah, no, there's, there's no question because you've got it. You've got to get experience. And the other thing is, is if you play too many young guys, you, you end up stunning their development to some extent and you end up getting yeah. guys hurt and that sets your program back even further. So I think, again, I think there, there's enough guys out there that, you can bring back and you can get there that will help you, you know, at least in the short term while you try to build up and do, if you want to go the Matt Campbell way, you can, but you need to bridge that gap and the transfer portal is kind of the way to do it. You know, it, it's just, you got to load up a mercenaries now. This is just, this is just where the sport's at. It honestly is. I, I did want to mention, uh, you know, are, are there any other kind of sleeper guys you, you, you're keeping an eye on? You mentioned Jaquan Amos. I think Jalen Warren, the Utah State transfer going to Oklahoma State at running back could be interesting, depending on how that, that room kind of shakes out. I've heard good things about Charles Woods, the cornerback from Illinois State, who's going to um, going to West Virginia. And, and, and I think they also feel like the Penn State transfer they got is going to be a pretty pretty good addition for them, but this is like kind of how it. This is why we did this project is because you just have to start to know these names, and they're just sort of these random guys that start to pop up places that you know could end up becoming all conference performers. I'll give you one, Max, and it's not a Big Twelve guy, but he was in the Big Twelve footprint, and it's one of my favorites. I know it's one of your favorites is Bailey Zaffy from Houston Baptist yeah. HBU who yep. went to Western Kentucky. I, I would have loved to have seen him at a big 12 school after Texas I saw him Tech with the dude, fans, Texas maybe Tech. that may sound familiar to Texas <laughs> Tech fans. The name Bailey Zappi, but uh, no, that guy threw for a gazillion yards last year at four games. So no, that was fascinating uh, to me, but uh, it's again, it's, it's been a, uh, it's been a wild cycle and with the one-time transfer rule, it's not slowing down. Well, and you know what? There's also, it's also worth pointing out on this top 50, there's a lot of guys on this list that that left the Big 12 that that were playing at Big 12 teams and are and are now elsewhere and and I think certainly you covered a few of them Jason Grant Calcaterra going to SMU Tanner Mordecai easily could have made this list as well you've got Alan Bowman trying to get a restart at Michigan which will be interesting to see how that works out for him I also think Keontae Ingram um, going to USC has a chance to really break out and then Charlie Brewer, Charlie Brewer, my man Charlie Brewer is back and and is in really good shape there at Utah after the the spring he had. So it'll be interesting to see too. Like, could this go the other way where there's also some really high level talent that's leaving the Big Twelve to go play at bigger places? I'm rooting for Charlie Brewer. I really am, and I don't know him, never met him, never interviewed him, but I I just have always kind of liked him. So I, I I'm glad he landed in a place like Utah. He seems like that that's a really good fit for him. So uh, so I'm certainly uh, yeah certainly looking forward to see how he does. Him and TJ Pledger, couple of Big Twelve uh, outcasts out in uh, in Utah. So yeah yeah, and they took the 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 remember the quarterback from Duncanville, Sam. Uh, why is his name escaping? Jaquindon Jackson. Jaquindon Jackson. Really interesting to see if he's got a future there. Another one, and this is just how the portal is now. So, so, you know, it's like one man's trash is another man's treasure with this deal. Like Jelani Woods, who I always thought was a really nice piece to Oklahoma yeah. State's offense as a big 6'7", 275-pound tight end. You, you've seen him a bunch, Jason. Like there, there aren't a ton of like really elite tight ends in the Big 12. I thought this guy had – he didn't get a ton of targets, but was always a really interesting kind of chess piece offensively. He goes to Virginia – and Bronco Mendenhall calls him the brightest spot in our entire program. Like this is, you never know. I mean, you, you do root for these kids ultimately to go to a spot where the person who, who adds them thinks like, Oh my God, this is the best player we've got. Yeah, no, he was a good player at Oklahoma state and he played sort of that, that position that sort of, I, th- I think they call it cowboy back what, what, uh, position yeah. at Oklahoma state. Um, that's a extremely important position in that offense, but that was a funny quote. I, I remember sort of chuckling when I heard that, but good for him. Good for him, man. I, I found it fascinating that Utah has become like the landing spot for former Texas college quarterbacks with Jaquindon Jackson and Cameron rising and yeah. uh, Charlie Brewer. Uh, it's, it's been fascinating. Back to your point, Max, I want to talk about Ingram. 
Keanu yep. Ingram. I, yep. I agree with you on that. I think I really think he's got a chance to have a big year at USC because let's not forget, I don't the reason that he is gone is not talent. That that was not an issue with Ingram. He was a productive back, fumbled the ball a couple times. Let's not be honest, Tom Herman threw him under the bus. Yeah. And and that that I had I have to imagine that was challenging on his psyche. That you know, he, and I understand he, got, he, he fumbled at the yeah. goal line, but the way he got thrown under the bus, in my opinion, was not great. And I think I mean, that affected. Him. Yeah, absolutely. He 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 fumbles to to lose the game at TCU. Now, obviously, if you watch that game, you know Texas effed that game up in a bunch of different ways, not just at the goal line there at the end. But uh, he he takes the heat for that for a week, and then they go play at Oklahoma, and he fumbles on one of his first carries in that game. And you're just like, all right, we're not going to see this guy the rest of the year. And he he also got banged up and had issues and stuff like that, but. Um, this is this is kind of the classic uh, fresh start situation here, and and there's I think there's uh, going to be a lot of those stories, um, and which which I think is a good thing. I, I'm with you. The, the talent was not the issue there. Now, obviously, Bijan Robinson comes on, and you say, okay, you're not going to be the starter here anymore. But um, you know, uh, USC has uh, USC has is has a real Texas flavor now with with adding <laughs> uh, Brian Carrington. Todd Orlando, Craig Niver, uh, Malcolm Epps. I mean, they are they are loading up here, and the staff has got like fifteen guys from the state. It's, right, it's a loaded, it's a very Texas staff. So it it is Texas West, basically. I, I, I want to know, <laughs> yeah, basically. Before we're done with this conversation about transfers, I want to know what do you guys think is going to happen when the first time? Because you know it's going to happen eventually when. As an example, please don't freak out Kansas State fans. I'm not suggesting that this is even remotely possible. But when a Deuce Vaughn type guy goes under recruited, mm. goes to a Kansas State, has a breakout year, and then says, I'm going to go play at Oklahoma. Like when something like that happens, which I think it will eventually, how, how are we going to react to that? Is that, is that going too far? Is that going to be where we're going? Sorry, go ahead. We're going to overreact. We're going to overreact yeah. is what we're yeah. going to do because it's not going to be the norm. For the most part, if you're successful at a power five school, you're going to stay there and you're, you're going to go. Probably you're going to be more likely to go take your chances in the draft than you are to go in the transfer portal. But are there going to be some that have a dream of playing at a blue blood program? Absolutely. And there's going to be some, but we will overreact. Coaches will overreact and they'll say it's going to be the end of college football as we know it. And it's not. It's not going to be the, the, the idea of using the term free agency in the transfer portal as a, as a pejorative is mind-boggling to me. I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, especially we talked about Shadrick Banks at Texas A&M earlier. Guess what? It just it didn't work out. It wasn't a good fit for him. It didn't look like it was. And yeah, one if bad he wants semester to, if and he, kid moves on. If yeah. he wants to bail, that's fine. Let him bail. He'll find a better fit. And he'll find somewhere that he feels that he has a better chance Which, to play. By the way, definitely could be TCU or Texas. We'll see how that right. one plays right. out. Right. So so I well, well yes, I, as a college football fan base and, and even some of our colleagues in this industry as it was reported, we will overreact. Uh and yeah, it's gonna be unfortunate if you if you like if, like you said, if you're a deuce fawn at, at K State, who's a critical piece, that's a huge hit to that team. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be the norm. I think it's going to be the exception. I, I think one thing that will be the norm, um, and it's kind of the the going to be the untold story in all this because people are so hesitant to go on the record about this stuff, is I think the tampering stuff is not you, – you put a little piece of paper out there saying this coach signs that no tampering occurred. No, 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 no. There's so much of this going on. And honestly, if if my if my boy Theo, when he's older, if he, if he wants to go in the portal someday – as obviously a walk-on athlete. Um, but if he wants to go in the portal someday, I would say, hey, you probably should make some calls and see where you can go before you do it. It's just common Max sense. Max is going to be back but, um, doing all that back channel stuff. I will, yes, I will be the, I'll happily be the back man if it can, if it can enrich our family. But um, I think that, I think, like I remember talking with Charlie Brewer um, after, after Matt Rule and those guys left at Baylor. And I said, I've just, curious was did anybody reach out to you did any you know through middlemen or whatever reach out to you to see if you wanted to be a grad transfer somewhere and he said yeah actually georgia reached out to me <laughs> and he had just played georgia and and this is but okay georgia was out there looking they get jamie newman they get jt daniels these schools that have a need are going to kind of put feelers out through high school coaches through uh you know the contacts you have and stuff like that to see hey would this person want to go somewhere and this and and so that might sound crazy but that's that's how it goes and i'm not accusing anybody of anything but 
you know, when a kid goes in the portal and then five minutes later says, here's where I'm going, I think that team probably got a jump on it, you know, and probably had some contact. And that's that's going to be how this goes. So that's part of the problem is if, if Deuce Vaughn's got coaches in his DMs all the time saying, come play here, um, for some kids, they're going to take that as uh, they're going to take that love and they're going to say, oh, maybe I should go there. Maybe I should get out of this situation and go somewhere where they really, really want me. And I think that's going <laughs> to I think that's going to cause some problems. There was a high-profile quarterback transfer that went from Houston to Miami a couple years ago, and when he announced that he was redshirting and the news broke that he was going in the portal, but yet he wasn't in the portal, guess what his phone was filled up with? Yes. Dozens of text messages from coaches around the country. I, so you remember Derek King, the night of the during the national championship game, announces he's going in the portal, okay? He didn't actually officially go in the portal for like two more days, mm-hmm. but... Everybody that this is how it is, right? Everybody that night, Miami and Arkansas and everybody else gets in line, even though the kid's not even in the portal yet, and says, "We got to get him." And that's to some degree, I don't have a problem with that. But you know, I think the the other piece of this that's troubling, and 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 you talk about the overreaction to this. I think I was, I was reading about Jameson Williams going from from Ohio State to Alabama, and he got it just a ton of hate online from online fans as expected. This is a kid that was behind a bunch of first round picks there decides to go somewhere else. Alabama offers him a spot. Why wouldn't you say yes to Alabama, but people will turn on you real quick and, and especially online and on message boards and all that and, and call you a traitor and all your goodwill with that fan base can, can get burned in an instant if you make that kind of move. And so I hope people have some, some level of understanding about this. Uh, I, I know that that's pointless to say because some people on Twitter and message boards are just going to do what they do anonymously and, and go crazy. But you you guys know we're going to see a ton of that when some high-profile kid makes a move like that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at what uh, what's going on right now with Mike Woods leaving Arkansas and going to Oklahoma. I mean, it's been a yeah, how's that going a over? Twitter disaster. <laughs> well, because for me, I I follow and am followed by both Arkansas and Oklahoma fans, so I'm really seeing a lot of that. And uh, yeah, uh, Razorback Nation is not pleased right now, as you can imagine. Mike Woods it, is a really good those, player. I, I, he is, and 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 you know, it's like it's one of those where as soon as you're not on the team anymore, then then I'm sure there are people like you know what. Mike Woods dropped a lot of passes, not a good route runner, can't stretch the field. Like, as soon as you're dead to them, they will say anything bad about you. Know, you know, Mike Woods is also interesting uh, because, not to get us too far down a rabbit trail here, but Mike Woods is interesting because he yep. has this whole side thing as a YouTuber. I don't know if you've seen this. He has, like, a YouTube channel. No. And so, you know, hey, everybody's got to do what they got to do, but he's built a brand for himself in Arkansas. We're about to have this NIL legislation and i've heard some from some people at arkansas who have thought like what is he thinking like his nil uh value because oh, he's burning his current following yeah he's gonna have to rebuild it now if he goes to ou and has a thousand yards it'll all come back pretty quick but if it doesn't you know so that's another thing these guys are gonna have to think about as they move around well and, and all are all these youtube guys gonna transfer to ucla and usc and places where they right. can potentially grow that stuff right all i'll say all i'll say is that fan is short for fanatic let's never forget that yeah yeah you know and that's i I think that gets to the last point here which is just it it is going to be interesting to see just how do we cover this you know how do we talk about these things especially as the one-time transfer deal becomes the law of the land here and look i think the the thing that's that's just part of college football just baked into it Freshman year is really hard. I mean, you know, for these kids, it, it just is, especially in 2020, to some degree still in 2021, like it, there's going to be kids that say, oh man, this is tougher than I thought. And there's gonna be a lot of those kids that say, I'm going to transfer. I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe, maybe I got a better shot somewhere else. Maybe I need to transfer down. You know, maybe this, this staff isn't showing me as much love as they did in the recruiting process and all that. It's going to be interesting to see just how, how quick kids are, 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 you know, willing to pull the trigger and and burn that one free transfer here over over the next you know months, but but certainly over the next few years. I'll tell you what's fascinating to me in in that regard is, and we've seen it down here in Texas as I've covered recruiting and, and Texas high school football. Yeah. You see guys move around high schools uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. So some I know one prospect that's gone he's going on his fourth high school in four years. That is that I think is where with K. 
kids who have that tendency, so to speak, I think that's where we're going to see the potential. Like you said, maybe they burn it right away after it doesn't work out. And then after this next place they end up, then it doesn't seem to be working out to their liking. And then they're looking to get in again. And that point you're looking for a waiver to play. But again, I think, at the and end that's of the kind day. of the, that's where this trickles down, right? Is that 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 behavior already starts in high school? And look, I, I it's it's a hard balance to strike because, um, I like I, I it, the the whole bet on yourself thing can be right when it goes right, but some of these kids that the minute they're not happy, they want to make a change like that 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 can really backfire on you too. Yeah, I I, I don't want to poo poo the people who say that because I think there is something to there is something to perseverance and character building in that way. But at the same time, th- there is a difference between, you know, bailing at the first sign of a first bad practice and, hey, I've been here six months. Culturally, this program is not lined up. It's not what I thought it was. Because, again, let's not forget, recruiting is selling. It's selling your yeah. program. You're yeah. telling them everything they want to hear. And when you get there, it may not be that way. And that, no. that's going to be the onus on these coaches to be up to be honest guys, in recruiting. And yeah. To be honest. And it may have to adjust how they – we used to like to say de-recruit their guys in the first six months when they get on campus. It may have to change how they treat the guys and how they conduct themselves on campus when the players are there. Because again, we, we talk about it in the way that quarterback battles are managed. Guys are not naming starters out of spring anymore because you need them to stay on campus. And so coaches are going to have to adjust to that. And guess what? That's why they get to pay big, big bucks in order to do stuff like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a ton of sympathy for like the, I, I I've talked to coaches who are like, as soon as this thing turns into free agency, like I'm out of here and and I get that threat, but I mean, you got to deal with it. Okay. The NFL is not hiring that many folks a year, right? Like you get, this is, as you said, they're paid a ton of money to figure out how to navigate uh, this new world. Yeah. It's a challenge. And, uh, but I, I think over time it will become normal. We'll, we'll it's a couple years from now, it won't be a big deal. And I think we'll, you know, we'll still enjoy the sport just as we do today. It'll just be a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. It's well said, Sam. Well, guys, enjoyed this conversation. Great to see you guys. Great to talk about uh, this topic that is uh, going to continue to dominate uh, just the entire conversation around the sport. So hope people check out the uh, the Transfer Portal Top 50 we put together um, and, and continue to follow your work. Um, you know, appreciate everyone listening. Please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating, and find our stories on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage, you get all of our sports coverage for that. So be sure to take advantage, yeah. and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.